right and I think everything works right now. All right. Hello, everyone. This is the Gold Miner Podcast with your host, Luis Garcia. This is going to be the first episode of this podcast. We're going to be covering NFL news as well as my personal opinions on certain NFL news as well as predictions for games. Very sorry for the poor mic quality. I ain't got the money to, you know, like have something like a Blue Yeti microphone or anything. But uh, right now, this is what we got. And I'm hoping to continue this for years going forward. I wanted to start this podcast simply because I love football to death. And I have a lot of takes to say. And some of you may know that I always talk nothing but football. So I just thought, you know, let's do let's do this right now. So, uh, hello, welcome to the Goldminer Podcast again. And um, today's topics, what we're going to cover are the Deshaun Watson rumors, as well as uh, Robert Sala, the 49ers defensive coordinator, leaving to be the head coach of the Jets, and a couple other things. And at the end, I will give my predictions in the divisional round of the playoffs. So, today, uh, let's start with uh, Deshaun Watson. Now, Deshaun Watson has been very unhappy with the situation in the the front office of the Texans. They hired uh, the player personnel from, I believe the player personnel, from the New England Patriots, uh, Nick Casario, who has done a lot of good for New England. But the problem is that they're bringing in a New England guy after firing Bill O'Brien, who was also from New England, after he butchered basically the future of the uh, Houston Texans by giving away DeAndre Hopkins, not even for a first-round pick, uh, the Laramie Tunsil trade, as well as uh, many countless things that that got to the point where the players basically had a mutiny and got him fired. And so, uh, basically, at the end of the season, Deshaun Watson sat down with the front office, the owner and the GM, and they told Deshaun Watson... Whoever we hire, um, you're gonna be our. You're gonna be like the last guy to go to. You know, right before we hire this person, we're gonna go to you and say, "Hey, do you want to hire this guy? Uh, what What are your pros and cons?" And basically, what happened was the Texans hired Nick Casario, and uh, they never went to Deshaun about it. And Deshaun Watson didn't want that. He was very pissed off about it, obviously, <laughs> and. He basically got pissed off to the point where there's a whole bunch of rumors of him going to almost a bunch of teams. You know, the Vikings, the Saints, the Steelers, and uh, the biggest one, the 49ers. And uh, I don't... I, I All over Twitter and all over the internet, I've been seeing so many things about Deshaun Watson coming to San Francisco. And basically just shaming Jimmy Garoppolo. And I understand that Jimmy Garoppolo is average at best. At best, he is average. I will admit that. But without him last year, we would not have made the Super Bowl. We had the second best defense in the league last year. And this year, we had the fifth. Without Nick Bosa. As well as without Quan Alexander. Without Solomon Thomas. We had Kerry Hyder Jr. as Nick Bosa's backup. Who stepped up this year. Fred Warner was an all-pro, did his best, best linebacker in the league. We didn't have Richard Sherman. We had Jason Verrett and Kwan Williams. Now, I promise some of you don't even know those names. So, and in the offense, 
George Kittle was out most of the year with a fractured foot injury. And then Debo kept coming in and out, in and out of games. We didn't have him for literally a full season. Brandon Ayuk, um, he came out in the in all the games that he was in. He stepped up to the plate, and he reminds me of Julio Jones. Honestly speaking, that that that's a big statement. I understand that's a big statement, but Brandon Ayuk has the ability to be the next Julio Jones, and I, I'm I'm sticking by that to to my grave. To my grave, I'm gonna stick by that. We didn't have Joe Staley. Instead, we have Trent Williams that we got from the um, now Washington football team, who has been an amazing help. He's one. He's the best left guard, left left guard, left tackle in the NFL, and I'm hoping we could keep him for like a four-year contract. Honestly, um, our right tackle Mike McGlinchey, He's not the best at pass at pass blocking, but when it comes to run blocking, he is one of the best in the league. And you ain't gonna change my mind on that. At quarterback, we had Nick Mullins and C.J. Beathard. We finished six and ten because. Kyle Shanahan just wouldn't pull out Nick Mullins, you know? And uh, it, it it got to a point where Nick Mullins was, was winning games for us, but he was the reason why we would lose games that we should have won. The Cowboys game, the Eagles game, the football team game. Uh, when Whenever we had CJ in there, he'd do, he'd do good. But for some reason, Kyle just didn't have faith in CJ. And if anything, that just proves of how bad the quarterback situation is for us. So I understand why people are going around saying, oh, we need to trade the 12th first round pick as well as a 2022 first round pick and all these picks and some players for Deshaun Watson. And I understand because Deshaun Watson and Shanahan's offensive systems outside zone run schemes is going to be amazing. Jimmy Garoppolo, here's the thing with quarterbacks. Deshaun Watson is a mobile quarterback. And there's not very many mobile quarterbacks in the league. You got Russell Wilson, who's a very mobile quarterback. And the reason he's so successful is because whenever he's in the pocket and the pocket's collapsing one night, he can extend the plays. That's what a mobile quarterback does. They extend the plays and focus on the pass first. As You you can see uh, Josh Allen this year do the same thing. And look how successful he has been. And Jimmy could do the same thing. He was very mobile, but he would he would just have these brain fart moments where to the point where it'd just be frustrating. And it was it, it's just very frustrating. Even at our Super Bowl run, there were so many mistakes that it got to the point where we had to rely on the run with Raheem Mostert, Matt Breida, uh, Tevin Coleman, Jeff Wilson Jr. We had all these running backs try to support Garoppolo, and Garoppolo still did his job at some games, especially especially that Saints game last year. But it comes to the point where you're thinking, okay, so what's the 49ers situation? The 49ers situation this offseason is one of the worst in the league. We have 40 free agents going into the offseason, and some of those uh, free agents are Trent Williams, Kyle Juszczyk, the best fullback in the league. Well, Falcons fullback is a little bit better, but I digress. We have Jason Verrett, K1 Williams, uh, Tavarius Moore. Uh, we also have J. 
Jeff Wilson Jr. going to free agency, as well as Tevin Coleman. All these key pieces, Richard Sherman, we have all these key pieces going to free agency, and we don't have that much in cap space money. Now, cap space is a, is a little tricky thing to think about because sometimes it doesn't matter, but sometimes it does matter. If you look into the, into the situation of the New Orleans Saints, they are $900 million over the cap space. Now, the reason that's a problem is, one, that's a lot of money that the NFL is not going to pay. All $900 million is going to come out of the pockets of the owner's pockets. And uh, it's, it's, it's basically going to put a damp on things in terms of uh, wanting to keep players around. Players such as Alvin Kamara, uh, Demario Davis, um, Michael Thomas himself, Drew Brees, anybody. It basically comes to a point where even if they are able to cut restructure and trade away players that are eating up cap space and even if Drew Brees retires after this year the Saints will still be 500 million dollars in cap space debt now that's that's basically you don't have any money to do almost anything you're basically gonna have to rely on practice squad players in order for in order for next year to be even a success and I don't see the Saints being a success next year if this is the case so it goes into question of how much are we really going to give to these certain free agents as well as to Deshaun Watson if we decide to trade him. Because Deshaun Watson already signed an extension with the Texans last year and it was a buttload of money. The Niners can technically pay pay it off, but the problem first that we have to focus on is our free agents such as Trent Williams, Kyle Juszczyk, and Jason Verrett. Those three names I think we have to keep already. And those are my two cents into it. And even if we don't get Deshaun Watson, oh well. I I will support Jimmy Garoppolo all the way. He does frustrate me at times. And yes, he has only started one full season for us. But in that that full season he was with us, we got to the Super Bowl. And I really think that without him, we would not have made the Super Bowl. I don't think we would have won our first playoff game. We wouldn't have even gotten the first seed. We would have been wild card exits. I promise you that without Jimmy Garoppolo, we wouldn't have been able to do anything. And that's not saying that uh, the defense didn't do a good job. Nick Bosa didn't do a good job. I'm not saying any of that. Last year, it was the defense and Garoppolo, as well as Emmanuel Sanders and Debo Samuel coming out to play and basically make just making Garoppolo look good. And if we can replicate that next year with Garoppolo hopefully being healthy, then good riddance. We'll be fine. But I also do understand that the 49ers are going to be looking into quarterbacks, into backups specifically, because it seems that C.J. Beathard and Nick Mullins aren't going to be with us anymore. We just signed Josh Johnson into a future reserve contract for the practice squad, so it seems like he's going to be a backup. But I do also see the 49ers taking quarterback in the draft this year. I don't think it's going to be in the first round. You know, 12th pick. I don't think that. But I do see them uh, doing it later on. Probably Mac Jones. Maybe Trey Lance. Maybe we might trade up for for someone by the name of, uh, I don't know, a certain BYU quarterback. You know, who knows? But I don't see us trading for Deshaun Watson anytime soon. And I really hope those rumors start coming, start coming out. Because uh, 
it just doesn't seem likely. If anything, Deshaun Watson is going to go to Miami. He's going to go to Miami. Texans are going to get Tua. And Deshaun's going to flourish in that Brian Flores uh, uh, that Brian Flores offense. I'm pretty sure he's going to do amazing over in Miami. Moving on, we're going to be spe- uh, talking about some more NFL news. Arthur Smith, offensive coordinator for the Titans, now ex-offensive coordinator, is now the head coach for the Atlanta Falcons. And it seems like a great hire, but I don't know. I, I'm kind of iffy on it because if, if we really have to look into the Titans offense this season, they were one of the best. I agree. But it was it was also because of a strong running game. When you last week when we saw them against the Ravens and Kalias Campbell was able to stop Derrick Henry to rush more than literally even 60 yards. It was probably more actually, but still to put him under 100 yards rushing, not even a touchdown. Look what Ryan Tannehill had to do. He had to start throwing the ball. Titans didn't have Corey Davis to help uh keep the pressure off of A.J. Brown. They didn't have Janu Smith. So it was a whole heap of trouble. And Arthur Smith going into the Falcons. Let's say the Falcons don't get rid of Julio, Matt Ryan. Let, let's say they don't do that. Matt Ryan is still a good quarterback. I believe that. But it's getting to a point where they're going to need to focus on drafting a quarterback this year. That's what I believe. And I also think they need to focus on the future of the wide receiver core for the Falcons in terms of replacing Julio. Now, they have Calvin Ridley, Russell Gage, and they're they're good receivers. They have a great tight end in Hayden Hurst. But in terms of Arthur Smith becoming the whole head coach, he's got a lot of cleaning up to do. He's got to fix everything. Like, <laughs> the Falcons need so much help in order to clean up the mess that was left by Dan Quinn. And I'm pretty sure I'm going to get some backlash from what I'm saying about the Falcons because I have a, uh, I'm pretty sure you're listening to this, Devin, but you're listening to this and you're probably like trying to nitpick anything I'm saying. And I understand that uh, you're trying to nitpick all this. If you want, we can talk in the next podcast about Arthur Smith and whatnot. It's up to you. But anyway, I don't think Arthur Smith is, well, no, I think Arthur Smith is going to have some semblance of success. If they keep Matt Ryan and Julio for just one more year, I'm pretty sure they can have a little bit more success. Do I see them going to the playoffs? No. But I believe they can have a 7-9 season with a with a stable offense. Because the wide receiver core for the Falcons are is one of the best that I've seen. Their offensive line is pretty good, actually. Uh, Matt Ryan is still a good quarterback. He still has some juice left in him. And that's pretty much it. I've seen the Falcons. The defense, it ain't that pretty. It ain't that pretty, really, if I'm being honest. Devin, again, if you have something to say, (laughs) you can let me know, dude. Going on, we're going to be talking some 49er news in terms of uh, the ex-49ers defensive coordinator, Robert Sala, leaving us to be the head coach for the New York Jets. And I could not be more proud of him, honestly. I I cannot be more proud of him. For him to be a defensive coordinator and for team for seven teams specifically to look out for him all the teams that were needing a head coach and for him to go to the Jets with a fourth year quarterback uh, a defense that is 
set really, really good. If you it, on paper, they're really good. You know, Quentin Williams is a pretty good player. They don't have Jamal Adams anymore, but all that dude does is blitz. He's not he's not a true Satan. He's just an undersized linebacker. If I'm being honest, let's be let's be honest here. He'll also be the first American Muslim uh, to be a head coach, and that is history in the making. Robert Sala is is honestly going to be missed in all 49ers. He had this energy that you would see on the sidelines. That uh, when you're, when you're watching a 49er game, you'd always see Sala uh, do like just doing amazing things in terms of hyping up the players. And he he is a players coach. He's a players coach. And for him to come to, from an organization as great as the 49ers, and I'm not being biased, I'm being honest. When a bunch of potential free agents walking out of the 49ers not being able to be with us next season, people, veterans such as Trent Williams and Kyle Juszczyk, when they're tearing up about not being able to be with the 49ers next season, that just shows what good of an organization the 49ers have built. That, ju- that we, Us going 6-10 and 10 and them crying over not being with us anymore, that shows that we have a good organization that cares about the players first. And Robert Sala is one of those people who helped create that. He had he just had this energy where you would see whenever there was a good play on defense, he'd go insane. And I'm absolutely sure the New York Jets need someone like him. And I see him ha- not having immediate success, but I see him being able to com- uh, being able to build around a great team and for the Jets to be able to compete again soon. I have faith in that. And I'm hoping he does good there. And I'm also saying that because he took our passing game coordinator, Mike LaFleur, brother of the Packers head coach, uh, Matt LaFleur. So that was kind of a steal. <laughs> he basically stolen from us. And I, I, I kind of get it. You know, he's going to be their offensive coordinator. He's, a, he's, a, he's an amazing, smart guy, both of them. And I'm pretty sh- and I'm absolutely sure they're going to have, they're not, again, they're not going to have immediate success. If anything, they might have like a four-win season. Hell, maybe a five-win season. But I think in the next three years, the Jets are going to be able to be competing for wild-card spots. And that's going to be a step in the right place, in my opinion. Especially for the Jets. Might I add, they might even get a rookie quarterback in the the name of Justin Fields. You know? Like, (laughs) that that could be amazing for Robert Sala to work with. Moving on. Uh... With in terms of Robert Sala and Michael for leaving, we had to uh, promote D'Amico Ryan, uh, the linebackers coach for the 49ers, to defensive coordinator. And what more can I say? But this is nothing. This is nothing better than, than an amazing thing for us to happen because linebacker Fred Warner, Dre Greenlaw, uh, Aziza Shahir, they're both. They're all three of them are amazing players. And for to hire the the linebacker coach shows great trust in the 49ers organization to not immediately immediately look out of the building and say, hmm, who's the next man down? Oh, D'Amico Ryan, ex NFL player for the Texans, and JJ Watt is advocating for him. Let's let's put him up to a defensive coordinator, right? And then also Kyle Shanahan is giving up offensive coordinator duties to give it to Mike McDaniel the run game coordinator for the 49ers this past year. He's not going to be offensive coordinator. And I see this also as an amazing thing to do because our the 49ers running schemes is 
really at, at, at times it's simple you know it's just it's just a simple outside zone run schemes you know the Shanahan offense basically and to hire him up to offensive coordinator is going to help us way more with the offense Kyle Shanahan can worry about certain other things instead of worrying about the whole offense entirely he can focus more and and also helping in player personnel with with our general manager John Lynch and I see I again I see this as a great hire we're looking into the building first before looking outside that shows great trust and I'm excited to what they can do next year now, I'm pretty sure some of y'all were waiting for this already, but we're going to go into divisional divisional round predictions, all right? And let's see. We got the Bills and the Ravens going on. We also have the Packers at the Rams. We also have, uh, let's see. Actually, I don't even know all the games. Hold on. <laughs> I'm already messing up. This is so bad. Uh Let's see, let's see, let's see. I'm pretty sure. Okay, okay, okay. Here we go. Here we go. So, going into tomorrow, this is what we're going to have. Tomorrow, we're going to have both the Rams and Packers game and the Ravens and Bills game. Then, on Sunday, the first game is going to be Browns at Chiefs and then Buccaneers at Saints. Let's go ahead and start with Saturday. Rams at Packers. I'm going to just straight up say it. It's going to be the Packers. But Luis, they, the Rams have the best quarterback in the game, Jalen Ramsey. He can shut down Devontae Adams. Yeah, but the Packers just don't have Devontae Adams. They have one of the best tight ends in the league in Robert Tunyon. They have Alan Lazard. They have Marquez, Valdez, Scatling as another wide receiver option. They also have A.A. Ron Jones. Aaron Rodgers is, by the way, a mobile quarterback, can open the pocket so Devontae Adams can get out of the man coverage lockdown that Jalen Ramsey usually does. So if any, I don't see the point in saying that the Rams are going to beat the Packers. I don't see that happening. Now, Cam Akers is an amazing running back for the uh, Rams. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna sugarcoat that. I, I really think he can beat up the Packers defense in terms of running the ball. But Jared Goff, I, I just don't, I, I just don't get him. He is a liability. He is an absolute liability to the Rams offense and he should not be the starting quarterback now I understand their backup John Wolford um, unfortunately got injured so he can't be able to play so they're gonna have to start Jared Goff but Jared Goff is gonna be the reason why the Packers are gonna the Packers are gonna win and that's as simple as that so Packers are gonna beat the Rams that's all I'm gonna say Ravens at Bills this is gonna be an amazing game and <laughs> This might be a controversial pick, but I fully believe that the Ravens are going to win. Now, hear me out. Hear me out. Hear me out. Hear me out. The Bills offense is one of the best in the league. You got Stephon Diggs. You got Cole Beasley. Josh Allen is an amazing quarterback who might win MVP this season or probably not because it might go to Aaron Rodgers or uh, Patty Mahomes. I'm rooting for Aaron Rodgers, personally speaking. But the Ravens' defense finally got healthy at the right time. You got Marcus Peters that I promise you is going to shut down Stephon Diggs. I promise you. Okay? 
Calais Campbell is gonna do is gonna just make ha- his Josh Allen's life a living nightmare. Calais Campbell's gonna go after him. I promise you that's what's gonna happen. Lamar Jackson against the Bills defense. Who do the Bills defense have? Let's wait. Jadavis White. Anybody else? No? No? Exactly. The Bills defense has been exposed so many times. They almost lost to the freaking Colts. To Phillip Rivers? I'm not trying to disrespect Phillip Rivers. He's one of the greatest of all time. But you almost lost to T.Y. Hinton, Phillip Rivers. I mean, Jonathan Taylor as well, who's an amazing running back as well. By three, by three points, might I add. By three freaking points, you almost you won against the Colts, and you're going against a Ravens team where the defense is finally coming healthy. They just they, uh, immediately just put a stop to Derrick Henry. You know how hard that is to do. You do you realize how hard that is to do? I'm sorry, but I don't know. The Ravens are going to win this. It's going to be a it's going to be a close game. I'd say it's going to be a ten point game. It's going to come down to the final seconds, I believe. If anything, I, I'd see this game ending 28-24, something like that. Bills trying to capitalize with the last second touchdown, but it ain't going to work out. So I believe the Ravens are going to go on. Moving into Sunday, we have Browns at Chiefs. And oh, man, man, this is going to be a dumb pick or not because the Chiefs are going to win. Like, come on, man. The Browns beating the Chiefs? I'm sorry, but that's... <laughs> the Chiefs have the best offense in the entire league. Travis Kelsey, Sammy Watkins. Oh, he's not playing, actually. Tyree Kill, Nicole Hardman, Le'Veon Bell, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, Patrick Mahomes. Like, I'm sorry, but come on. Now, okay, the Browns defense is going to be able to stop the Chiefs offense. I fully believe that. No matter what Miles Garrett... Oliver Vernon or uh, Denzel Ward do. They're not going to be able to stop the Chiefs offense. But can the Browns offense keep up with the Chiefs offense is the thing. And that's going to be the main the main focus, I believe, in it. Where it, when, when it comes down to it, the Chiefs defense isn't really that good. Let's be honest. Uh, the Honey Badger ain't that well. Like, he's a good player, but he's given up more yardage per like uh, per, I, he's giving he's giving up an average of more yardage per play than Jamal Adams, and Jamal Adams has no interceptions this year. That says something, all right, in a bad way. Chris Jones is an amazing uh, defensive tackle that I'm pretty sure is going to put a stop to a lot of Baker's uh, playmaking skills. Say, let's say that, all right. I I do think that. Uh, Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb are going to be carrying the Browns offense. But if Baker Mayfield isn't able to be comfortable in the pocket and throw it to Jarvis Landry, then I'm sorry, but the Browns are just going to win. They're just not going to win. And it and no disrespect to the Browns, I, I'm happy for them to make the playoffs and beat an AFC North uh, divisional rival in the Pittsburgh Steelers soundly. Soundly beat the absolute crap out of them. That is amazing. And for the Browns to even make it to the divisional round, that 
I applaud them for coming this far. And I do wish that this would be something great. I do wish this would be an offensive shootout game, but it's not going to be, unfortunately. It's just going to be the Chiefs absolutely demolishing the Browns. And that that's just what I think is going to happen. The, uh, this divisional week ain't going to look good. But personally speaking, it's not going to look good besides uh, Bills and Ravens. But yeah, the Chiefs are going to win this game. The final game is going to be Buccaneers at Saints. And this game's being uh, too hyped up. Let's be honest here. Let's be honest here. They're both divisional rivals. They've met each other twice already. The Saints, in both times, absolutely demolished the Buccaneers. Absolutely just... Just like big brother, little brother type crap, you know? And for them to be hyping it up, I understand why they're hyping it up. This is Drew Brees' final year in the NFL. He's going for a Super Bowl. And nothing's going to stop his, stop him. Tom Brady's looking for a seventh ring. He's going to play his hardest as well. But in terms of who's the better team, it's going to be the Saints. The Saints are going to win by like two scores. I promise you. At first... I think it's going to be a close game, but come second half, the Saints are just going to put up uh, touchdown after touchdown after touchdown, and then in garbage time, the Buccaneers are just going to be scoring touchdowns as well. I really don't see why they're hyping it up rather than two old, old quarterbacks who are at the end of their careers trying to make it to the to uh, another Super Bowl. But the Saints defense is literally made for the Buccaneers offense. And the Buccaneers offense is literally throw the ball. Nothing but throw the ball. That's a Bruce Arians offense. Like, so it's pretty obvious that the the Saints are going to be stopping Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Antonio Brown. uh, I forgot the name of the tight end. Dang. (laughs) There's that. And the running back is Leonard Fournette for the Buccaneers. And the Saints offense is compared to the Buccaneers defense is is like playing. It's as if you're playing the Ravens. No, no, no. It's as if your your big brother is playing the Ravens, and you're you decide I'm gonna pick the Dolphins. It's like <laughs> on Madden 21. It's it's just not gonna like it's gonna be 45-0 five minutes into the first quarter, literally. That, that's just how good the Saints offense is. And I really don't have to say a lot of their names because of the fact of how good they are. So, if anything, it's going to be... it's The championship games literally looks like it's going to be Packers, Seahawks... Uh, sorry, Packers, Saints, and Ravens, Chiefs. And that's just what I think. Now, anything could change during the game. You know, a key defensive player for the Ravens can get hurt. Um, Packers, uh, who knows? Maybe, maybe the Rams secondary just shows up out of nowhere. Who knows? You know, Browns, they, they could be keeping up. And then Mahomes just saying, just saying Mahomes has made a couple of mistakes this year. I mean, if you saw the first half of the game against the Dolphins, Mahomes looked struggling against cover zero offense, cover zero. That's meant to, that's meant to trick, you know, the rookies. And that's just Brian Flores' thing. For Mahomes to be struggling in the first half, might I add, the first half against the Cover Zero offense, that, it, it, 
it's a little bit worrying, but I won't worry too much. If the only reason the Chiefs are going to lose this uh, in the playoffs is going to be their own fault. It's going to be Patrick Mahomes' fault. But but I digress. I don't think the Browns have enough to beat the Chiefs. If they do, I will literally I'll eat my own words. And I've already made a bet that if the Browns win the Super Bowl, I'll go jump inside of uh, the fish tank at a Bass Pro Shop. So hopefully y'all are rooting for the Browns or some shit, you know. And Buccaneers and Saints again. Uh, unless unless Drew Brees gets hurt again. The and the and the Buccaneers defense secondary in the secondary in general just comes out of nowhere and stops everybody. The Saints are gonna win this soundly, and that's pretty much it in all of my predictions per se. Let me know what you all think. Uh, sorry that this was sort of short, and again, sorry for the bad quality. Again, I ain't got the money for stuff like top tier stuff you know so again uh thank you all for hearing to my podcast if you could please subscribe and turn on bell notifications in order to be notified of the next podcast um i'm thinking of making a specific twitter for this podcast i don't know yet i'm also looking into having guests next episode to make this more interesting uh my brother-in-law noel he has some good uh insights some bad let's be honest here <laughs> i know you're hearing this noel <laughs> uh i also have a couple more friends that also have some great insights into the world of football and and sometimes it, it i'm probably gonna add people just because they have some crazy takes something like that i don't know um but yeah thank thank you all for uh, coming to the first episode sorry again for bad quality but hopefully next episode will be way better This is your host, Luis Garcia, signing off on the Gold Miner Podcast.